Okay, you're now tuned into I don't know who podcast. What's good, everybody? Uh, back with another podcast for y'all. Um, Happy New Year's! Happy New Year's! Um, the New Year of basketball has been looking crazy. We got people playing basketball like it's my career for real. Um, the stat lines that people been putting: Luca had like sixty, twenty, and ten. Donovan Mitchell had like 70 and 10 assists. This is, this isn't the same basketball we got displayed in front of us. Um, I'm thankful for the skill set we're able to see. Again, I know people would be contrarian and, um, opposed of what the game looks like right now, but I think the game's in a great place. Um, I really do believe that the game's in a good place. Um, today, I'm presenting y'all the hoop hierarchy again. This is the second hoop hierarchy, so we're updating the first one. Um, it's going to be a little less detailed than the first one. Um, however, same concept, presenting y'all my top 10 teams currently in the NBA. Um, the stratosphere changed from the first time I made it. Um, you're not going to see the Toronto Raptors here for sure. I was tweaked, alright? I lied. I lied about the Toronto Raptors. They're not good, alright? Fred Van Fleet is not a top 50 player right now. I lied, alright? I was wrong. I can admit when I'm wrong. Y'all need to start doing that a little bit more in life, though. When y'all wrong, like, just admit that. And make these debates when we talk about basketball more fun. Uh, also, another team that's not going to be on this list that I had uh, last time <coughs> is the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns have fallen off bad since Devin Booker's injury. They need Devin Booker and Con Johnson to return at full health badly in order for them to arrive back on this list. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, those are the only two teams that are not on this list no more. Um, honorable mentions to the Golden State Warriors. They're creeping up on this list. The Golden State Warriors honestly have an argument to be on this list. If Steph Curry was healthy, for sure. Uh, however, Steph Curry is not healthy. And I still think the 10 teams that are above them can give them problems on any given night. Um, this slate of games that the Warriors have played haven't been the hardest. They're not the easiest, neither. And they're doing it without their best player. So I do condemn them for that. Uh, and they're beating some good teams too. They beat the Grizzlies at Christmas Day, so I'm not saying that they haven't played competition. Uh, more or less, what I'm saying is just like I want to see how consistent it is before I can say a top 10 team. The teams that I've put on this top 10 have been more consistent throughout the season. Just basically my reasoning. Uh, same thing goes for the Clippers. Consistent throughout the season and help uh, um, with Kawhi. I'm not sure what I'm going to get from him on a night-night basis. I'm not even sure he's going to play on a night-night basis. I'm not sure when he's going to play when he's not. Um, that's just a random guess. And then Paul George is always in and out of the lineup. Uh, so the Clippers are as good as they are conceptually. Uh, however, I just haven't seen it on the court enough to put them on the hoop hierarchy right now. The hoop hierarchy really, at this point of the season, emphasizes consistency. And just how good a team has been persistently throughout the season. So, I can't really call the Clippers top 10 team. 
haven't been consistently healthy, haven't been consistently good. Uh, but shout out to the Knicks too, they can creep up on this list. I'm still not a reliever. I still think that's more of a playing team. But they have made noise in the month of November and December. And um, it, they're six right now in the Eastern Conference, I believe. So uh, I got to go ahead and give them their props. Um, if I'm going to go out there and prop up other teams uh, and talk about other teams, I need to go on and give the players that are in New York their credit because the hoop hierarchy, not the hoop hierarchy, but the hoop podcast hasn't been friendly to Nick basketball players, so I should be more respectful for what they're doing this season. I'd say we got the Sacramento Kings again. The Kings are 10th again on my list. Um, they haven't really changed too much from what I talked about. Still a team that could beat you with pace and offense. Um, the defense is slipping, though. The defense is slipping. They are getting exploited now more defensively. Um, this is kind of why I didn't have the Aaron Fox in my top 50 list. It's the defensive prowess that players like him provide. Not saying that I'm not trying to tight cast the Aaron Fox and nothing, but the Aaron Fox isn't that good of a defender. Like, and y'all keep telling me he was. So. But nonetheless, Sacramento has a top five offense still. And that's why they're on this list. That's why they're honestly 10th over the Warriors. They're still the top five offense. Um, and that's large part to De'Aaron Fox. And Sabonis. Um, those two are very gifted. Um, they both run the offense very well. Sabonis is a very good playmaker out of the post. Um, De'Aaron Fox is a very good perimeter playmaker at this point in his career. Um, doesn't make too many mistakes and runs their offense very well. Make sure the players get to their spots and gets the ball when they need it uh, to attack within the offense. Um, and he can also score within the flow of offense as well. It's just a truly dynamic guard on offense. Um, and at this point, I can honestly admit that he's a top 50 player. Uh, they're also 12th in net rating. Um, the lowest net rating of the teams at this point in my hoop hierarchy. Um, they've really persisted throughout the season. We're like 40 games in now, so it's not like a facade. The Sacramento Kings are really a good team, guys. I, I'm, I'm confident that they can persist and withhold being around that 10 spot throughout the season whereas before I was asking questions about them I really do think Sacramento has a good thing going on over there um Harrison Barnes is consistent every night um Davion Mitchell is a great guard off the bench very great guard off the bench for a young player uh Malik Monk when he's getting into rhythm and scoring it's about his Dynamic of a scorer is any guard, not superstar wise, obviously, but you know, you know what I mean. Mm. Right now, this team is like vulnerable to 
dynamic players in general because they don't got a big that's a defensive stopper. They don't got a wing that's a truly defensive stopper. They don't got guards that are defensive stoppers. Uh, I watched Memphis basically control the entire game against um, rather very easily. And that's where Jaron Jackson Jr. commit and fouls and all that. Um, with that being said, though, uh, still a top five offense, so I got to put them in the top ten. At nine, I got the Dallas Mavericks. Um, the Dallas Mavericks are sixth in offense, 18th in defense. They didn't make it on the hoop hierarchy last time. Uh, just because they have Luka Doncic, really, Luka Doncic is a very, very, very good basketball player. Um, he's the reason why this offense is sixth. Um, the energy I have for the Denver Nuggets in the last hoop hierarchy is the energy I have for this Dallas Mavericks team. Uh, everything is Luka Doncic based. Luka Doncic is a very good basketball player. Luka Doncic is the MVP of this league right now. Um, my MVP criteria changed from last time too. I can get into that a little bit later. Um, tenth in net rating. Uh, this team, when Luka Doncic has it going, there's nothing you can really do, but this team is vulnerable to nasty stretches of games. People like to blame it on the fact that Luka Doncic is a player that you have to get used to because he's so dynamic. Um, however, this team is not very dynamic even when Luka Doncic is off the court. Um, so I don't really understand the criticism there. It's just not a very good basketball team. When Team Hardaway Jr. is able to hijack your offense, it's just not a good team in general, like, period. Like, it doesn't matter who's on the court, who's off the court. Like, that's just not good basketball. Um, Reggie Bullock has been the most disappointing player on this team. Um, I've expected more from Reggie Bullock based off the season he had the season prior. And with the high praise that Magic Johnson gave him, that really was an advisor for my team before. Um... Reggie Bullock just hasn't had a good season. He's walking around doing cardio most of the time and just playing hard defense. Um, we need him to start making his shots for this offense because this offense really should be the best offense in the league because they have the best offensive player in the league if it's not Nikola Jokic. But unlike Nikola Jokic, this team doesn't have a top five offense and it's really in part to the other players. But as I'm criticizing them, they're still fixing offense. Um, J.K. has done an excellent job of getting Luka Doncic scoring opportunities at all three levels of the basketball court. Um, I understood people's criticism for Rick Carlisle a little bit in that he wanted Luka Doncic to attack the three-point line a little bit too much. Um, I can see the coaching philosophy change and how Luka Doncic is attacking the game of basketball. Um, I really don't understand the James Harden comparison because Luka Doncic is just a way better player than James Harden. But if you guys don't want to admit that yet, then by all means, go on ahead and not admit it. Luka Doncic is definitely closer to LeBron James than he is to James Harden. Um, but that's just my opinion. To be honest, uh, I could be wrong about that. Oh... Uh, Defense is below average, and it's not supposed to be. 
because they play players to play defense over there. They have the Finney Smiths of the world, the Reggie Bullocks of the world. Uh, they got guys that can defend. Um, so you'd like the defensive numbers to improve for this team. Um, it's really just a roller coaster with the Dallas Mavericks, but with Luka Doncic, it's just you're inevitably going to be a top ten team. They're the team I'm least confident in on this top ten for sure, because the Sacramento Kings have been more consistent. However, Luka Doncic is just a way better player than anybody in Sacramento, and it's not even close. Like Luka Doncic is really the MVP of basketball right now. Um. At number eight, I got the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers are 13th in offense and 4th in defense. Um, I've come on this podcast and criticized the Philadelphia 76ers for their defensive efforts in the beginning of the season, so I will apologize and say that this team actually has improved on that end. Joe Embiid is a defensive player of the year candidate, um, though we're never going to really give the African people their defensive player of the year awards, I guess. Mm. We've been giving it to Rudy Gobert for so long, so I just kind of just like giving up on what y'all gonna do for defensive player of the year. I mean, honestly, if it's not Joel Embiid, it's Giannis or Jerry Jackson Jr. In my opinion, or Bam. I'd be damned if Rudy Gobert is even nominated for a defensive team this year. But I digress. This is not about that dude. This is about the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, PJ Tucker is really proving me wrong. Um, still as good a defender as there is in the league. Um, I had my doubts in the beginning of the season due to his older age, but as the season progressed, he's only gotten better. He's truly a dog. Um, shout out PJ Tucker for real. He he's also a player that makes that defense go. Um. I like the way James Harden is attacking the ball this year. Um, borderline all-star. Borderline. 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 I think there's more guards that are better than him this year. I'd rather get another Tyrese Halliburton, for example, due to games play, skill set, what I see on the court. But don't, don't, don't ask who about no basketball. I don't know it. Um, you'd like to see the offense improve. However, um, I like the fact that it's more methodical and less um, about the uh, pace. I mean, the Anthony Milton's knocking down shots. Um, Tyrese Maxey's as a dynamic of offense player as there is, and he's back healthy, getting his feet wet. Uh-oh. But really, like, they're just getting guys in good spots and also uh, maximizing James Harden's skill set. I'll give Doc Rivers credit for that. Um, he's really doing a good job maximizing Harden's skill set. Uh, while also getting him beat his 30. Um, this team should be higher, though. And it's in part to the offensive production. Um, if you're not getting good play from Maxi Harden um, or Embiid, this offense isn't the most dynamic. I mean, shout out to Tobias Harris too, because Tobias Harris is having a good season. 
like I told y'all, he's really a professional basketball player. Of the people that were in my overrated list, I was more so projecting on him. He's a very professional basketball player. Uh, it's just this offense isn't going to necessarily win you a game in the postseason, in my opinion. It's just got to be more dynamic. Um, it's either got to be played with more pace or uh, really. I mean, I'm more so nitpicking because they've had a good month. I'm just more so thinking about the entire season still with the Sixers and why I still have them eight. Because they could be higher. They could be honestly higher on this list based on the recent basketball they played. But I'm just thinking long term. And for now, I still can't picture this offense in postseason basketball really. Like, can you? Like, do you guys think they'll beat Cleveland right now? I don't. Do you, they're not beating Brooklyn right now. They're not. They're not gonna mess with Milwaukee despite Milwaukee struggles. I don't think so. So that's just why I have the opinion I have. But I mean, right now though, they're about as good as any team in basketball. Uh, at seven, I got the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, the Pelicans are eighth in offense and fifth in defense. For the net rating, um, Zion didn't play the last time I checked. So without Zion, they fell to like seven, but really they could be top five. Um, CJ McCollum's inconsistent play is still aggravating me, but I mean, what am I to do? I'm more so used to it now because it's 40 games in. Um, this team is the probably still the most balanced team in the NBA. They just don't have Zion and Brandon Ingram on the court consistently on a night-to-night basis for me to put them where they should be. Because they'll still be like the second-best team to me if those two were playing, but they're not playing. And I got to take that into consideration when you're making a top-10 list that's based on the basketball that's being played. Um, they're fourth in net rating. I, this team's really dynamic, though. They have so many wings. I'm really fixated with the wing depth they have, but it's probably the biggest strength New Orleans has. It's not even close. Like, you have Zion and Brandon Ingram for offense, and you have Herb Jones and Najee Marshall for defense. And I keep not mentioning Trey Murphy with this. Like, that is a crazy wing depth. Like, Shout out to the guys upstairs in New Orleans for facilitating that core of players. Um, Valanciunas, when he's hot, um, it really helps the Pelicans. Um, I don't think the floor spacing problem is as big as people really make it out to be. And I think people will see why in the postseason. A 3-2 offense isn't nothing to be scared of in a fast-paced shoot-3 league. I promise you it's not. Um, with that being said, uh, right now, it's just... If we can get CJ McCollum on that superstar page, if he can just believe he's the superstar he is, or he can be, on... Uh, 
he really can be different. But like, I don't know what it is. He just is not consistent enough to be put as that superstar. He's really as good as any guard in this league. Yeah, I just need him to be consistent for this team to be where it should be in the hoop hierarchy. Till then, they fell enough um, five spots off my list. This is probably the biggest drop off uh, a team had on the hoop hierarchy. Uh, I'm gonna keep expressing my disappointments for Chief McCollum. I need that to be consistent 20 and 8. You can't have these 721 bites and stuff. Especially not with Zion in. Yeah, not on the court. Especially not, not on the court. Uh, at 6, I got the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies are 12th in offense and 1st in defense. Um, I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr., like I told y'all, man. Really is. Just he's the one of a kind defensive prospect, man. Y'all gotta give that kid his props. Um, he's truly a sensational defender. Since he's come back, Memphis has been on the tear on that end. Him and Dylan Brooks really do their jobs out there. I'll give him his props for giving Dylan Brooks his props, even though I think Dylan Brooks is a hack. Um, he's still a dynamic of a point of attack defender as anyone, and he's gonna fight through every screen. He's gonna make sure them overs are really overs. He's gonna blow every offensive set up. He's a dog. But Memphis got some dogs out there on defense. The best defense in the NBA rating wise, and I'll give him Cleveland their props, but they've fallen off and slipped a little bit in the rankings. And it shows in the eye test too. So I'm willing to give Memphis their credit and say that they're the best defense right now in basketball. The offense is just too inconsistent. Um, John Morant, I've been telling y'all, is a great floor player. But when he sits, that's, this team gets nasty. That's really where the Grizzlies' problem is. Especially because Jerry Jackson Jr., though, as dynamic of a defender he is, he sometimes can't see the court through the foul trouble. The fouls are got to tone down. He's got to ease up on the bad ones a bit. You know the refs are going to hold you. Like, the refs always holding. Like, like they can't get off nuts, so you, you just got to counteract that by being a smarter defender. Not biting at everything. Not jumping at everything. But I can't say that to somebody who's led the NBA in stocks. Before, so why are we, why are we, why are we talking to him about some fouls? Stop holding him, refs. I'm still serious. Just gotta stop. But the offensive consistency Memphis lacks on a night to night basis without John Morant's production is really why this team's not higher on the hoop hierarchy. Um, but it is a really good basketball team, nonetheless. Um, this team's gonna really cause problems in the playoffs. Um, I think they've taken that, um, energy from the last postseason and stepped up very well. They're second in net rating, so that, that goes to prove that when this team really is locked in, they're like the second best team in the league overall, according to net rating, so. Like, who's who I probably could just say this team is six at the end of the day, right? Um, 
at five I got the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and this one, this one's tough for me because I was late. The Milwaukee Bucks have been an eyesore to watch. Uh, they're twenty third in offense, and it really shows on the screen. Giannis really does have to get the jump shot or the free throws percentage higher for his efficiency to make his offensive volume worthwhile. Uh, this offense is really heavily dependent on him, though, nonetheless, and they need to figure out like some other way to attack the game because this is not going to be consistent and they're only going to keep falling in the hoop hierarchy, in my opinion, if they keep approaching the game this way. Uh, however, defensively, this is as dynamic with defense as ever. Um, Brooke Lopez and Giannis Antetokounmpo are as dynamic of paint defenders as there are in the league. And it's crazy for me to say this about Brooke Lopez, of all people, at the age he is not especially. Um, I know y'all are young, but Brooke Lopez hasn't always been a good defender. If y'all know, y'all know. Um, so just his improvements at this stage of his career is honestly to me fascinating. Um, when the Lakers had him, he sure was hell wasn't as good as a defender as he is right now. Um, so shout out Brooke Lopez for real. Uh, Giannis is as good as a defender. Drew Holiday is a dog, a point of attack. Chevron Carter is a dog, one point of attack. But this team's 11th net rating, and that's the second lowest one on this whole hierarchy if it's not the Kings. So, I'm letting y'all know this team can get really average on a night to night basis, man. Uh, however, Giannis is just a really good basketball player, man. Um, this is probably the year he shouldn't be MVP. However, he should have had, like, an MVP in deep play last year. So, it's like, kind of tough for me not to root for him to win MVP still being that I'm a fan of his game you just really gotta start making these shots though the jump shot gotta fall, start falling again and they gotta get Chris Middleton in groove for me to even justify them putting fifth on the list cause they could easily be like ace honestly with the way they play uh, that 5 to 8 spot is kind of tricky for me in general looking at it in uh, hindsight for real to rank especially if we're talking about consistency throughout the year because I could give Memphis a New Orleans nod over Milwaukee easily um, just due to the fact that they've been the most dynamic teams in the Western Conference um, however you guys know that I think the Eastern Conference is better and I'm going to hold a little bit of bias to what the Milwaukee Bucks have done in the East despite a mid offense very mid offense at that Nobody would ever admit it because we don't like to glorify players as much as we like to glorify LeBron James. But Giannis is having a very 2018 Bron-esque type season just in terms of the impact and the fact that there's no help on the court. Uh, I fall for I got Cleveland. My Cleveland Cavaliers. The clean Cavaliers. I got the clean Cavaliers, folks. 10th uh, in offense and 2nd in defense. Better net rating. Um... Don't worry about us, bro. We're going to be fine. We just got to get Garland and Donovan Mitchell back on the court at the same time because we are really whooping y'all over there. And clearly, clearly. 
Hey, 60 games was a reach, but that 50 games goal is really in sight. I told y'all about Cleveland. Um, they're still inconsistent throughout games. Um, when Nice Mitchell and Garland sit, it gets nasty still. We still need a Rubio back. We still need Wade back. We still need the white boys back. The white boys need to come back. There are wing depth, whether y'all like to admit it or not. We need the white boys back desperately. Lamar Stevens and Isaac Okoro, oh, they be eyesore sometimes. Shout out to them too because they are hustle players and they do what they are paid to do. But, man, they can be eyesore on offense sometimes. Um, but who am I to say, though, about NBA players being eyesore? This team is really good. And they're, they're probably the most consistent defense throughout the course of the season. Um, really, the only team that's got an uh, edge on them is the Milwaukee Bucks. It took him Brook Lopez having astronomical games against them for real, um, as well as Giannis just being Giannis. Um, that front court stepped up against them and blew them out at their home court. So I'm interested to see how the fourth matchup is going to look like. Uh, I, st- I think Cleveland can get them out the way in a series. I think a series with them is looking it's going to be tough, especially because you have to deal with Donovan Mitchell for seven games. I don't think y'all understand, but Donovan Mitchell usually is only better in the playoffs. So just keep that keep that in mind when y'all see the season he's having. <laughs> please, <laughs> please keep it in mind that like this kid only gets better in the postseason. Like he don't stop getting better. <laughs> Man, that kid is truly special. Cleveland should have two guards as starters. The hot tip should not start the All-Star game. If the NBA wants to be consistent on dumbing down whatever he's trying to do, you should simply have Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell start the All-Star game. You feel me? Go ahead and do it for the country. Darius Garland better. Bob was good as him anyway. You're not better. He went on and cooked him anyway. He was cooking it. The Nets, the Nets almost lost. Darius Garland was unguardable. Kyrie was catching them buckets. <laughs> Garland was walking to the paint. Then Garland, Garland was at oh Kyrie on me. Skip, skip, skip to the loo. But that young boy is also, yeah, what they talking about, boy? I, I, my boy D-Mitch has 71 of them things. He better not, not be the All-Star Sunday. <laughs> 71 of them things, boy. And this season is really fun to watch, man. I've had so much fun being invested in Cleveland Cavaliers this year. Um, I'm just always invested in Dennis Mitchell because he's really one of my favorite players in the league. Um, Always has been. If y'all know who, for real, y'all know. Oh, he just always has been one of my favorite players in the league. He's truly a sensational basketball player. <clears throat> I'm not going to even mention the Rudy Gobert thing because at this point it's disrespectful and not even worthy of mentioning. Like, in the same breath as Dave Mitchell. Like, do y'all see what Cleveland is doing? <laughs> like, yeah. Y'all crazy kid, bro. But, I, hey, look, I love being right. I love being right about things. So, yeah, I love being right about what Utah Jazz really was. Because, hey, yeah, I mean, Chuck Evan Mitchell was a thing, man. But this dude is 50-40 now. So, 
I can't even call him that no more. I got shit. I got. I can't say that. I gotta. Matter of fact, I apologize on this podcast. Don't ever make sure for playing with your name like that. Like, he ain't even checking no more. Them is falling. Uh, I third I got the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I said Luka Doncic is the MVP, but really it should be Nikola Jokic. Stop doing one of those two white boys for sure. Don't white boys are nice. <laughs> oh man, them white boys got the culture acting like Isaiah Thomas, man. <laughs> Shout out to Nikola Jokic, man. He's truly a sensational basketball player. He's really good at what he does, man. He's really good at what he does. Uh, second offense. <laughs> uh, I, I want to give a shout out to the role players in Denver. Because I've been disappointed with Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray in their um, efforts to return and catch rhythm and be where they're supposed to be. Nonetheless, though, they've contributed to winning basketball, but I also wanted to give a shout-out to Aaron Gordon, Tavis Carwell, Paul, Bruce Brown. I was saying that I was disappointed in them in the last two hierarchy, but they stepped it up and teed up for sure. Um, like, this team's only gotten even more consistent on offense. Um, the defensive numbers... It's very low, the lowest on the hoop hierarchy, but this offense is just nothing to play with for real. Um, I think you have several 40% three-point shooters on that team at this point with the way Aaron Gordon and Catavius have been shooting. That's two right there off the top of my head. Oh. <coughs> and then you got it's just bones. Like he's a bucket. He's a tough guard. That's thirty seven for the tray line. Like, this seems really good, man. Ah, I, I didn't give it this proper due. It's took in the biggest jump in the Empire King actually, so uh I think they were six in the last two priority, now they're third. Uh which is the biggest jump. If just the two teams that didn't make it before in Philly and Dallas, unless you guys want to count those, that's probably the biggest jump that it's made. Oh, oh, Brooklyn, 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 Brooklyn's the biggest jump, but it's not even close, actually. Which I'll get to talk to next, because really, um, not too much has changed about Denver, for real. Um, so the same team as far as the defensive conservative approach but I mean I think at this point of the season um, nonetheless I think um, with the way this team can score and go up and down with you if it could maintain come postseason play this team is really championship bound in the Western Conference, like how they're supposed to be. Her. Uh, this moment was supposed to have been come for Denver, so if it manifests this season, I wouldn't be shocked. 
Um, however, the defense has to improve in order for that to really manifest in real time. And the Orleans and the Grizzlies are still dogs, and I put the Warriors as honorable mention, but once that carry comes back, that's not an honorable mention no more. Um, I too, I got the Brooklyn Nets. Um, they're fourth from offense and eighth in defense. The coaching change has really had this team on a different level, man, on both ends of the court. I told my pops, uh, that dude Kevin Durant's having a Michael Jordan season, tight season, and it, it really, statistically-wise, honestly better than the season that Mike has had offensively. Not missing shots. Like, he's not missing shots. He, he's not missing shots, you know. I don't think I've seen Kevin Durant miss a shot in December, for real. <laughs> if I have, it was close as hell to falling. <laughs> and it looked good. <laughs> He's a robot. Oh my god. That, that... KD, KD's having an MVP season as well, man. That's why my MVP talks change, because though I had Tatum with such high regards, and he is an MVP candidate, honestly, with the way the league is looking, where it's kind of tough to really say he's a lock still at this point of the season. Um... If you were to if we were to end the day, don't get me wrong, I still think Tatum with this two way presence is still him, but I wouldn't even mad at anybody else giving any of these guys MVP at this point. And honestly, Luka Doncic has the toughest task in the league. So if we gave Russ I I'm just following y'all criteria of the Westbrook and Harden awards. That's why I say give it to Luka. If we follow my criteria those MVPs would be like Kawhi's and KD's and we'd give it to Tatum. No, but we don't follow my criteria. We follow y'all criteria. Um, nonetheless, though, this team is just really tough, bro. Like, when KD and Kyrie has it going, it's truly poetry in motion, as I would say. Like, you're just not going to stop those two from getting to their spots. And then everything flows because the momentum of the game is in their favor. Um, they really do got dynamic wing players on offense. TJ Warren's dynamic on offense. Uh, I don't want to mispronounce Brody name. Give me one quick second. Just give me one quick second. Cause I do not want to mispronounce this on the podcast. Watanabe. Watanabe be knocking down his shots too. Um, Kyrie Irving tried to put us on and tell us that's the best shooter in the league. I don't know about best shooter in the league, but he can knock down that trade ball for sure. At this point in the season, it's consistent enough to say he's knocking down that trade ball. Um. Shout out Nick Claxton too. Um, I've been a critic of Nick Claxton, but he stepped up this season. Um, 
he's gotten better defensively. Uh, whereas before, I thought he was more of a liability on that end. He's now the glue guy. Uh, it's not just blocking shots anymore. Uh, he's really made a presence in protecting him overall and committing to the switching as well. Uh, him and KD are just really just taking that next step. I, I gotta give the coaching props over there. Honestly, if it's not Missoula, if it's not Missoula, honestly, my favorite coach is Bickerstaff. But John Vaughn, yeah, they're doing their job in Brooklyn. Nonetheless, like, I, I can't even, like, cap, like, this is just a different team night and day. This is the best Brooklyn Nets have looked, like, throughout their tenure of the whole Katie Kyrie thing, if it wasn't the first stages of it. Um, oh, I said John, my bad, Jack, Paul, my bad, Jack, I'm sorry. Sorry for it. Um, but nonetheless, though, because <coughs> with Nash, this team, because this team still attacks heavily in isolation, but players move now and players are in spots now where they can attack and the spacing's improved and they motion into isolation sets now. They don't just stand and then run ISO. It's a completely different basketball game when you're able to move around and then attack uh, at different angles as opposed to just looking at the court at the front of you and then saying just go with the ball in your hand. Um, and I think that showed from Brooklyn for real. Just talking about their offense. Uh, I can't tell you what that dude's done defensively, though. Kyrie's still exploitable. He's still the weakest link to it. Um, Joe Harris, Patty Mills, they're still all exploitable, but it doesn't matter if you can score like that and you can protect the rim and get stops. Um, they really do need a point of attack defender, though. Um, that's consistent on a night to night basis, in my opinion. But if they, I mean, cause I mean, yeah, so I'm saying like even even then, like, cause Royce gets the job done, man. Ben Simmons is out there too. This team is really dynamic. Though. I think they need one more because I think Royce at the nail, more or less, would do this team wonders defensively, but like. This, this is a good team, man. This is this team the championship bound. Uh, I still got the Celtics at number one for now. Uh, but I told y'all, man, the L's doubled up since the last time I got them up. And they're still number one. But whereas before it looked like they was going to win 60 for sure, this looks like it's going to be more so 55 in a tough Eastern Conference where anything can go. Um, the league looks a lot more balanced than when I did the hoop hierarchy before. 
But the Celtics are still consistent. They still without Gallinari, and they're still where they are, man. They're still where they are without Gallinari, which is one of the better floor-facing wings in the NBA. Uh, everybody forgets that he's still on that roster, that he was the acquisition for them, and all that. He's gonna be a. He's gonna prove to be a good one. I promise you he is. Um, but he can attack him on defense, but he's not gonna be have to play that much. Oh, uh, but this team's tough, dude. This team's tough. This team's tough. I don't, I don't, I hate, I hate talking about the Celtics in such a good light, but they really are a good basketball team, man. Marky Smart, all defensive candidate player. Um, if y'all want to give him deeper, y'all can. To be honest, um, I've had my debates about who's the better defender between Tatum and Smart. And it seems like every game, though Tatum is the guy that does the little things that taller guys can do more so on the court, Marcus Smart kind of just, like, proves that theory wrong with how aggressive he is at the point of attack. Um, nonetheless, though, like, top 10 defense and the best offense, the best night rating. Not even close. Um, this team is still good. Any team in the league, um, in the big, I want to try to keep in mind that it's 10th because they started the season back. They, they, they easily be one of the better defenses in the league. Um, um, let me check December defensive. Second to Memphis in defensive rating in December, so yeah, yeah. I don't be lying about basketball to you for real. I, I wouldn't want to. I only tell the truth about basketball. Um, hey, the Celtics are a really good team, man. They're a really good team. But shout out Memphis too. I, I might be underrating them a little bit. I didn't know they were. That much better than everybody in the league when Jaron Jackson Jr. basically laced them up. <laughs> 106, and the next highest was 109. It's tough. Oh. <sighs> I love basketball. Oh. Uh, before I eat, we could talk about the Lakers a little bit. Uh, I am a Lakers fan, and I got the Lakers head on. And we are improving. We won't fall straight. I believe. I believe that was four straight now. And we haven't done that in a minute. So I think it's worthy of talking about in my podcast. Um, let me check if see them. Let me make sure that's four straight. Not Kevin, yeah. Nonetheless, though, um, as I'm looking that up, making sure that it's for straight, um, Darvin Ham really has us playing good defense as a team. Um, I think that's the emphasis of 
how we've been able to pull off a lot of these victories as of late. Um, granted, the schedule for us has been fairly, fairly, fairly soft. Um, in fact, it's only going to get softer for us. We have a lot of home games, um, which is very convenient for us and plays in our favor. So I'm not about to argue <laughs> or feel sorry for anybody in the league that it feels like we are getting a easy route or oh, 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 things are in our favor. I really do not care. Go Lakers. Suck it. Who cares? Life's not fair. Losers. Oh. <laughs> oh. Nonetheless, though, that is, that is full straight. And we haven't done that in a minute, man. We haven't done that in a while, bro. Um, so it's worth you talking about. And I think a lot of that is just through the defensive principles. I went to go watch us play the Heat. And that second half, we really teed up. Man, we teed up on defense. Um, I think that's going to be the key for us going forward, especially when we get Anthony Davis back. It's just really to commit to this defense to playing. Um, offensively, we're not going to be consistent. We're not going to be the most dynamic offense. We're just not going to be. With LeBron James holding the ball and we're us watching him get his game on, we're just not going to be that offense. We're not going to have the, the the prettiest offense. But what we can do is we can lock into our defensive assignments like how we have been, make sure teams work for their possessions. Um, I don't think Dennis Schroeder is a good defender as everybody says he is. <coughs> But in this stretch, he's been good. I'll, I'll shut up in this stretch. This stretch, he's been good. So, if we can just keep that consistency and, and, and keep that effort, I think we have a, a, a route to making some noise in the playoffs. And going forward, that it will be heavy for, heavy for just team morale. And, and I would like that we would bring some young players back so we can have culture established on this team for once. So, please, just Thomas Bryant and me, Lonnie Walker and me. Like, I know y'all guys, like, don't really like the vision of this team right now. But it's not like we've been put into the best scenario. We did trade, like, five picks. So, it's not like we can get the cheapest of players for Free. We can't get Devin George's no more. You feel me? We can't get. We can't just get the Jordan Farmers and the Luke Walton's. We can't just get them no more. They're not accessible like that. We have. We gotta get it about the mud. And getting about the mud means investing in Lonnie Walker, investing in Thomas Bryant. So invest, please. Keep your players. But that's just me thinking forward. What we need to talk about right now is the fact that the Lakers have a true identity. For once, during the stretch of basketball, even when we had Anthony Davis going on a tear, we played solid defense. We are committed. If we can commit to this kind of defense, I'm not sure what we're not anywhere in the highest of any of those teams in the defense rating in December. Let me let me pull up the let me pull up the numbers, but. It's due to the fact that this team is just not consistent on a night-to-night basis. But if we can just philosophize our team to just commit to playing hard no defense, I don't know what kind of word that was just now, but we, if we can just have our team just stay committed to the grind of 
defensive intensity. Our offense can be whatever it is on a night-night basis. We can get the job done. We showcased last night against Atlanta when we took that momentum with us from the last game against Miami. It showed when we... It, it's just showing. It's, 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 uh, when we can stop teams from getting good looks from, and when we can get our guys committed to that end of the court, like... Yeah, we're nowhere near anything in defensive rating in December. Where are we are? Woo, we are day a lot in December. Right now, we are 17th in defense and we're 19th in offense according to Stat News. I wasn't using Stat News before, so let me just check basketball reference because that is my main source for the podcast. Um, We are, oh, no, same thing, 17th and 19th. If we can get that 17th defensive rating in the month of January to 13, we'll be heading in the right direction. The offense is going to be what the offense is. The offense is even worse than the defense, guys. So the offense is 19th, so it's even worse than the defense. Uh, if we can just commit to that end of the code and not have a negative net rating, <laughs> we'll be alright. We'll be cool. Um, shout out Dennis Schroeder for the month of basketball he's been having, but you're not going to trick me into believing that I can rely on this in postseason basketball. I'll read y'all Dennis Schroeder's postseason numbers so y'all don't think I'm no hater. Wait, I, I'm do this. I really, it's not me, bro. I, I'll read y'all the playoff numbers, man. The numbers do not lie. I'll start from when he was just started. In 2016, 24-7 on 45-42. That was, the game, that was a series against Washington, I believe. That was a fine series, right? Um, let me double check. I don't want to be wrong. Yeah, that's the series against the Wizards. I mean, you can cook Gortat. Anybody in the world cook Gortat when Gortat dropped. But shout out Dennis Shooter for doing that, right? I ain't even from life. I ain't from life. That's a little... 45-30% OKC after not making the playoffs again. This is him as a starter, by the way. 40 and 28% from the trade line. 29%, I'll give him 29% from the trade line. 17 and 3, 13 and 3, 14 and 2, 40 and 30. Like, these are splits are not going to do it. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. So I know what you do. You're not going to trick me. That's my point. You're not going to trick me. You can fool them. You can fool them. <laughs> you can fool them. <laughs> You're not going to fool me, Dennis Shoulder. You got to show it in the postseason. But we got to get there first, so keep this up. I ain't feel like you keep this up. But you gotta show me. I ain't. You ain't gonna trick me again. I saw. I went out side to watch you play, and you stunk up the joint. How am I in the boss at? <laughs> you can't do things like that. <laughs> you not gonna trick me, boy. You ain't gonna trick me. But oh, uh, I guess I could wrap it up though. I can wrap it over here. Um, this was fun.
uh, always feeling podcaster. Um, I appreciate anybody who tunes into a short or a YouTube video. Um, it's been real.